Welcome everyone, you're listening to perhaps watching Hot Sauce Sports. I am Pease Reese, and I purposely didn't pay attention to Eagle's countdown. Um, Eagle, of course, is joining us from studio. He is the only one. Uh, he will be joined in studio while we are still keeping our distance uh, by guest Marco D'Amico, who's going to talk to us about uh, hockey later in this episode. Uh, for now, however, joining Not this me, episode. Not this episode? No, we're going to do it separately. Oh, it's going to be separate. If only... We really the... asked that question in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> and we said, we'll do it together. No, uh, we said standalone. So it's a standalone uh, interview. Yes. It's like the rest of it, like we've been doing. So disregard everything I've said. <laughs> disregarding it, as always, is Terry Tan. How are oh. you, the disregardful Terry Tan? I am disregarding everything, and I am fine. Thank you, sir. Your disregards to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Ben, <laughs> Um Joining us from what appears to be the wilderness is uh, our, our leading graphite, Duke. How's it going, bud? It's not bad. I'm doing, I'm doing okay. I will tell you something. I went to the grocery store today. I was buying a pack of garlic powder, and as I grabbed it, uh, a bunch of garlic powder just fell out of the pack. It went inside my shoe, wasn't wearing socks. Had to dump out my shoe in the middle of the aisle and got the weirdest looks ever. So I'm doing okay, bud. And now your foot smells gross, right? Yeah. Or, or great. Sweaty garlic. And also, while, while you're in in the middle of a wind tunnel, as you are right now, as you can see. <laughs> whenever we need, whenever whenever the wind picks up, Duke, we will ask you for your weather report. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you legitimately remind me of, like, uh, the, the weather reporters in 1990s broadcast. So we're going to cut yeah. to you now and again. You'll have to give us an update with regards to the weather. Uh, boys, how you been doing uh, in quarantine? So uh, toward nearing, nearing, uh, going back <laughs> what? To- you know, what? words, words, put I'm words. Sorry, in- man, I'm sorry, but I'm exhausted today. I'm exhausted. It's going to be a terrible show. What you say? We're getting back to normalcy. We're ending quarantine. How are you doing, Terry? Uh, the quarantine has been good, man. I actually love this shit. You have no idea how much I love this. It's a lot of time to work on the hot sauce stuff, uh, spending time with my lady. It's good. Can't complain. Your lady despises every minute of it. Uh, every single minute. Duke, what are you yeah, I don't know. Today? I don't know. Uh, uh... <laughs> All right. I'm going crazy. I'm going crazy. Eagle, how did you spend your day? Uh, working, you dealing with incompetence and negligence. Okay. What? Don't ask him a question, then talk. <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. Yeah, I'm dealing with incompetence at work. It's fun. It feels like I'm working with you guys. Yeah, I know. That's our goal is to make it feel as homey as possible. Give you the feeling of normalcy while in quarantine. That's the the whole thing. Uh, Sports are getting set to do that. But uh, just as we are getting news, great news about the return of MLS, the return of uh, English Premier League, the return of uh, the NHL, NBA, it's all awesome. Um, Cities still continue to be embroiled in uh, protests. Uh, Last week, we talked about Drew Brees, who gave the answer about the flag he's given over the last three years, but didn't realize, holy shit, America's burning, and then got ripped apart for it. Then came with three follow-up videos uh, with an apology. Um, Look, it's completely cool to actually go out and get information and speak to people and have your opinion changed. So, like, I do actually uh, appreciate Drew Brees having said that. I said in, in one of the, the Twitter back and forths I had, I said, listen, 
I don't think he's racist. I wouldn't make that assertion about someone yeah. I don't personally know. I will say it's short-sighted to not realize that the world you're in is changing and you need to pay attention to the voices around you. So the only thing is, is that, I mean, we, I think we said it last week is that it just, it's the worst timing to make a statement like that. And I just didn't think he probably wasn't thinking properly. And uh, I listened to Booker. Yeah. Like if you heard the question, it wasn't even like, like a trying to be controversial question. It was like a softball that he, for no reason went off on a, on a tirade about the flag. It reminds me of a whole Bill Burr uh, skit where he talks about, um, uh, what was the owner of the Clippers, the old guy? Uh, Donald Sterling. Donald Sterling. Okay, so he's like, he, he's like, this guy has no progressive way of thinking. He's like, he, it's embedded in his head. So he hears the same question he heard from when he was five years old, and he just responds the same thing with the duck hunter guy, the the duck whistle guy, the what were they called, Duck Dynasty. Those guys. Dynasty, some, yeah. yeah, he said something. He said like a homophobic comment. And it's like, what do you think? This guy's going to be pro-gay marriage and stuff like that? He lives in the sticks of Louisiana. And it's kind of the same thing with Drew Brees to the point where it's like, hey, this is what he it's always going on in his head. Don't disrespect the flag. Don't disrespect the flag. Don't disrespect the flag. And then the first question that comes to him and he's like, well, I would never disrespect the flag. And it's just it's he was on autopilot, like you said, <clears throat> or maybe it's short sighted. Maybe it's tone deaf. I think that he recovered a little bit with his statements, multiple statements, because the first one was another not another autopilot statement. Um, his, his teammates looked like they they um, uh, they forgave him, but I listened to Booger McFarlane, and Booger McFarlane, not the uh, how are we gonna say this? Um, he's not the guy. No, it's not that. I'm not looking at him for you know an opinion or advice and stuff like that. You know, unless it's about the actual game of football. You're but, barely looking for analysis from him, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. And he <laughs> yeah, actually said real. he actually said it right. He's like he's like, listen, he just it wasn't the time for him to speak. He didn't have to speak. All he had to do was listen. That's it. Did, and, he, did he get the short end of the stick by just being the first white guy who was interviewed at the wrong time? Like. It Maybe. could have been, for example, I don't know, Jared Goff, or it could have been you know, Sam Darnold. But they just had, like, Sam Darnold was probably breaking quarantine and, and uh, making out with strippers and getting I'm, himself I'm trying to, a mono again. I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, for me, it was super random. Like, I woke up one day and then there was an interview with him. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out what was exactly the question that was asked. Was it a leading well, question? The, question, the you know? question was very vaguely, like, uh, what do you, you know, like, uh, what do you think of like the protests and 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 calling, you know, like in reflection as to, you know, call, we call okay. was drawing attention to, but like it was super vague, like it was a softball type question, um, and then again, like he just went off in, on autopilot without realizing sort of how how uh, how it would be perceived. Um, so this might be a little bit of a hot take, actually. I think Drew Brees. Drew Brees is not smart outside of football. But you know what, Eagle? I, I thought about that too. And he might be like an articulate guy and, you know, very positive and he sends a positive but message. But he's not super articulate. He just says the same shit all the time. But that's what I'm saying so, is like he, he was – he but he was the – like when when people talk about Drew Brees, like he was on the the black side. Like they took him as his own because of what he did in, in for New Orleans during Katrina. He, yeah, yeah, during Katrina, he did so much and he's done so so many good things that he was on he was on their side. If it was the, if the question was asked, like you said, to Sam Darnold, and he answered, or now we'll talk Jake Fromm. If Jake Fromm answered that way, nobody would have batted an eye. But yeah. because it's hey, Drew Brees, it's like 
It's like, yeah, it's like we expected you to be a little bit different, and he wasn't. Not only that, the community you're in too and everything, right? Yeah, exactly. Your team, your city, your fans. So that made made no sense to me. And like the reason I brought it up is because remember there was the whole jewelry fraud incident that happened a couple years ago? Like how the – yeah, so Drew Brees, he basically got scammed is what it came down to. They ended up winning in a lawsuit, but there was a whole fraud thing with a jewelry investment in some stupid company. And I'm like, but you should know better. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The thing is, like a lot of these guys who spend that amount of time honing their craft are going to have stilted personalities. They're not going to yeah. be well-rounded individuals, right? So yeah. I guess you can kind of expect it. What I find most surprising is how the fuck did we all hear about a Yahoo Finance interview? How did anybody <laughs> even know it happened? <laughs> Yahoo like, Finance. Yahoo Finance. Who uses Yahoo other than for Yahoo Sports? Yeah, that's and so true. Even the Yahoo Finance. search engine couldn't find that interview. There you go. Um. Yeah, next maybe next week he'll be interviewed by the butler from Ask Jeeves. Maybe um, you'll find it on Bing or Alta Vista. <laughs> Alta Vista. Alta Vista is pretty good. Alta Vista is pretty good. Uh, the, since then, however, he's gone after uh, the real Donald J. Trump yeah. uh, Twitter account, and they've gone back and forth. Donald Trump, I, I believe it was today where he tweeted that he will no longer be paying to go see an NFL game until until they learn to respect the flag once more. Once again, changing the argument from racial equality to let's talk about the flag. And also, Donald Trump, you're going to pretend like you bought tickets to those games? <laughs> Come on, man. I barely buy tickets to games. The thing about Donald Trump is that everything he does is uh, he's pandering to a specific demographic. And that demographic has no interest in anything that it comes to changing the way that they think. And as I, I'm, I'm not an anti-Trumper. I'm not a Trumper. But I've always said that he... For the most part, he's been a pretty good president other than him just not learn, not knowing how to speak. And he does not know how to speak to people. That's the problem. Well, first of all, first of all, that's your opinion of General McConnell as a president. Yeah. Um, secondly, <laughs> uh, what he, he I, I don't think he realizes that often he's speaking to a loud minority of people. Yeah. Like what's, what's, what's become obvious to me during this situation, Terry, uh, is that the, the, the bulk of people don't seem to be the ones who want to boycott football for kneeling. It seems to be the hundreds of thousands of people protesting in the streets. Like that doesn't seem to be a minority opinion at all. It, yeah. it seems if anything, the hardline stance is, is the minority opinion. And they're trying to do And everybody's trying to do it peacefully. And the people that are ruining it. I mean, we saw the story that came out with that old man that was pushed by the police officer and cracked his head. Um, and we saw him and now there's videos being leaked that he was a guy who was starting riots and things like that. So the people that are actually for doing this for the right cause are not rioting and are not doing any of that stuff. So we have to make sure that what you're spreading online is the right information. And it's not just whatever Donald Trump says, you know what I mean? And um, I've been actually writing a, uh, my thoughts on Colin Kaepernick article. It's uh, halfway done. And I talk about it a bit and it's like how you have to take whatever, whatever your, your, your thoughts are about a person or whatever your thoughts are about a situation, you have to try your best to remove yourself and look at what the person is actually saying. And that's, that's the situation is that Donald Trump doesn't look at the message. He looks at how is this affecting me and how can I benefit from it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so that, that to me was, was most interesting about that was Drew Brees was the face of the league and, and has been one of the face of the league. You know, he came up at the time where it was, Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. In fact, we often don't realize how great Drew Brees was just because he existed at the same time. Is. 
uh, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. But now the new faces of the league uh, are guys like Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes, and they put their names on a video that the the NFL put out. And guys, I don't know if you know this, but NFL video employees went rogue and did this, put this video together without going to their bosses at NFL.com, showed them when it was done saying, hey, this is what we have. We think it's good. We want to go to air with this. This is important to us. And their bosses said, you know what? Let's do it. Let's 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 go air this. Let's go put this on social media. So it was a PR stunt is what you're saying. It wasn't at all. I've actually I've actually heard. No, it wasn't a PR stunt at all. It was it was a dude who's one of the guys has only been with the NFL for six months. And it was willing to risk his entire career at 27 years old. Wow, your six-month career. Well, well, I mean, yeah, you don't know how long it took him to get there. It, it took him to get there. I can't imagine it's easy to get a job at the NFL, right? Was so, he like, the guy who did the AB videos, by any chance? <laughs> uh, no, definitely not. Definitely, definitely not. not him, yeah. It's like, like, that's a lot of, like, like if you think of, let's say, the, the, the lost opportunity of Colin Kaepernick. This is a guy who... I even th- I think even Terry would say is less impressive at his job than Colin Kaepernick is at his yeah. job. Yet he's willing to risk it to get this message out there. I think I think that's pr- that's a pretty cool story. That's that's a thing Absolutely. we're going to look back on later, years later and be like, yeah, that was that was kind of cool that they did this to risk that. And, put and that it's also up. and it's also there's also a lot of people saying that because Patrick Mahomes is on the video that Roger Goodell was kind of forced to make his own statement. Well, and- not just Mahomes, but you know Ezekiel Elliott was there, OBJ yeah. was there, they were all uh, there. Travis Landry. Yeah. Uh, I have a mildly hot take. I have a mildly hot take. What's your hot take? Uh, we keep saying about how Goodell has to do this and that, whenever, and and that Goodell's been on the wrong side. I actually think Roger Goodell's wanted Colin Kaepernick to be signed the entire time. And the worst part about it is, is that thirty-two billionaires, thirty-two owners <laughs> of of individual organizations worked together to keep a man from employment for what he stood for. I think that's far, far worse than the commissioner of a league stepping in and, and, and saying, no, don't sign this guy because the, he represents the owners. He yeah, doesn't exactly. do a thing that they don't that. want. Yeah. So it's, it, it, if Jerry Jones actually had a set of balls that wasn't completely shrunken and full of Botox, <laughs> uh, he, he would have signed Colin Kaepernick. What's the benefit of having your, having your balls filled with Botox? What's the benefit of that? They look oh. massive and you can really smack someone. And they get more of a dodgeball consistency. Imagine walking around with that in like your shorts or something, and like if you're really hot, it's like a waterfall. Oh. I actually, I actually never, never like quite understood why uh, why Mark Davis never took a chance on um, on Kaepernick because he's always been the kind of owner that I mean does, didn't really care so much about what other owners think. Um, maybe it was, if anything, it might have been more about the salary than anything else. But yeah. he was, he's. He he's not known as as a Republican. He's not known as as one of these owners that really cares about about the, the, when when the flag thing came out. He he wasn't more very outspoken about it. Um, and and Mark and to be honest and to be honest, there were so many so many situations where they could have brought him in and it didn't work. So I never got why the readers never gave him a chance. Oh, it's very simple. It's very simple. Is that is that billionaires don't care about equality? Billionaires don't. He's care not a billionaire. He, he's That's not true. a billionaire. <laughs> but he's pretending to be, right? So he's part of a group that is one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't yeah. care about equality. He doesn't care about people. He doesn't care about his employees. What he cares about is the same thing all billionaires care about. Yeah, what other exactly. billionaires think about them, right? What do my exactly. friends think about me? And and that was that was at the time why Nike was so impressive. Why Nike was so impressive because they're willing to put their their uh, potential loss of of uh, reputation aside to have Colin Kaepernick as a spokesperson. Yeah. Right? So like, 
Uh, yeah, there's definitely a financial consideration on that. Someone 100%. did the math, and they were like, we're going to come but, up positive. But 30, it's just like that friend. It's just like the that. owners didn't do the math. Yeah, well, because I mean, they, they did. did. Or they did, no. but they were wrong. So No, no, it's not that they were wrong. It's they did the math, but their math is like, why are we going to create the circus, a media circus, around media one circus guy? Is made up, Terry, because the media circus is happening now for the opposite reason. I agree. I'm not, passes. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying is that yeah, they did the math. Pretend math. it doesn't exist and it'll go away, right? Kind that of, yeah. Like yeah, they exactly. did with Greg Hardy, like, like they've done with guys who were well, rapists. With the guy, ben Roethlisberger has been indicted for raping two different women. Whip it. Whip it. I told you I'm really tired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else are we talking about today? Oh, uh, the, the NBA. I've heard this too much. NBA playoffs is uh, is is returning, and uh, to be honest, what I actually am, am kind of interested in in the return of the NBA. What I like about it is, for years, people who love the NBA have been saying, if you start the NBA in um on on christmas day christmas day already belongs to the nba it's it's long since been a tradition they run the triple header and it's where a lot of casual fans yeah. are watching so if you start the season with that triple header it pushes your playoffs after the hockey playoffs so you really buy yourself you're competing against baseball's regular season which nobody watches um nobody. it's a game that that well, i mean it depends on what part of the regular season and how old you are last two months the last what? two months of baseball everybody watches Hundred percent, but like you're basically going like if you go into like July, August, like that's right around the All Star break. It's only when people are starting to watch baseball. Yeah, you'll, you'll capitalize on those earnings a hundred percent. And the last two, two months of like, baseball obviously. is about four hundred games. So that's also true. Yeah. Um, but the Mark Cuban's actually been one of the uh, owners who's tried to get the, the, the league to start on Christmas Day, and the sort of the. Uh, the the old, the old crotchety uh, owners in the room have shot at him down in past years. So this might actually lead them to a future start on Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's a slam dunk for the NBA more than any other sport right now. I think they have the most to gain uh, with this format. NBA playoffs is exciting and there's a quick turnaround. Gets you right into the season, right around Christmas. It's the best time to start watching basketball. And then you're watching basketball into the summer and... Uh, we've seen it in the, in the Olympics where basketball is ex- extremely popular in the Olympics. I think it's absolutely slam dunk. I think it's, I think it's a great – it's finally that they, they figured it out. I mean, the format's a little sketchy to me, but for the well, most part – Well, the format was let's get Zion in. The yeah, exactly. 100% to get Zion on TV. <laughs> it's so obvious, huh? And it is what it is. Yeah. It's fine. I, I, I want to watch more Zion. Sure, let's do it. We, we missed three months of Zion at the beginning of the season. Let's get him now. Yeah. I mean, it's true. They want to benefit as much as they can from a guy who's probably going to have a seven-year career because he's a monster, and I don't know if his knees are going to hold up. Uh, but I like him, and I like the fact that they did it. And it's, um, it, you know, it gives the Pacers a good chance to win the championship this year. Is what oh, it does. Stop. What? I'm actually, I'm actually kind what? of. They're not going to win the championship. Why not? Why, why? Puncher's chance. They're not, they're not very good. Puncher's chance, though. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't work in the NBA. We know, <laughs> we know the three best teams and. Two of them will compete for a championship, especially now that uh, that they're all rested. For me, what's interesting is the Lakers looked like they were lining up to have a, a shot at a, uh, a championship, but this might see them face the Clippers in an early round. So I think that LeBron, who's, who's often said, you know, we know we, we know he doesn't like having. Kawhi guard him because Kawhi is an absolute menace. We've seen it in the playoffs before. Now he might see him in the first or second round of the playoffs. They can't be happy with that seeding. 
imagine and i'll let and i'll let duke answer i feel like he wants to answer this but imagine you're you know you're going to play against the team in the western conference finals and you end up playing them in the first round which i don't think is going to happen i think they'll be end up being either one two or one one three or whatever it is but either either of them are they're both going to be in the top three uh but imagine that lebron has to face Kawhi in the first round it'd be fucking nuts look it would it would be pretty good it would be it would be pretty cool um the only thing that i'm thinking about is that unlike other leagues um, is say a player catches COVID right during the season, what what happens? What like obviously that's like the worst case scenario. But in everybody the dies. Case that no, but in the case that one guy does right, like yeah. what do they do? Do they does that player not play? Let's say Pat, yeah. let's say um, let's say Anthony Davis by chance catches it. Does, does that mean that he's out for the playoffs? Does he mean that he's going to be back? You know, so, we don't know. So I think they do a lot of uncertainty in that sense. You know, I think Pease has actual information. Quinta Agent Wojnarowski, there's going to be two tiers of quarantine. So the stars, the Kawhis and LeBrons, they're going to be absolutely in a bubble. Like they're <laughs> not going to see anybody but teammates and people they're playing against. Um, now, if someone, the thing is that anyone who leaves the facility will be tested before and after they leave because the access to tests is different than when COVID first broke out. Yeah. So if someone gets COVID, there's not a chance that they will spread it to other players because they'll be removed. That said, you might have a guy who's like a three-point specialist or, or a defensive lockdown guy who's playing 15, 16 minutes of decently important basketball who's not, on, not playing, and now you need to go to, into your bench of guys who don't typically play in the playoffs who now will have important roles to play. I don't think we're going to get any cases. I really don't. I feel like I look at the UFC. The UFC's put on six events. Almost, I think they're going to put on their six next weekend. The, six events, and it's like – they, they've had one case and it was coming into the event. Other than that, there hasn't been any cases because they, they, take, they, they take your tests always. Like if they see you, okay, here, come here, test. Beep. And everybody from the coaching staff, from the UFC staff, from the judges, the refs, the fighters especially, everybody. And the access to testing is really what's changed because now yeah, like, exactly. when it first happened, we couldn't be testing people constantly because there weren't that many tests now they can so that are, are they going to test before every single game yes they're gonna, they test you time someone leaves and, yeah. and re-enters the facilities i don't know if it's gonna be every game but it's gonna be like every morning you have to do a check because they know that everything is confined right mm-hmm. they're gonna go from the hotel wherever they are to the bus to the stadium so like there's really there isn't much chance of uh of contamination but they're gonna be testing them Along those lines, I don't think they're going to be tested three times. They'll probably be tested in the morning and then right before the game and then right when they get home or something like that. I don't know. In a hypothetical, if someone does get sick, do they have protocol where it's like all their games are canceled for the next two weeks and everything? They're not canceling any games. They have a protocol. Uh, The protocol protocol is built so that uh, Giannis, LeBron, Kawhi uh, can't get sick. And um, if other people get sick, they're gone from their teams, but it shouldn't affect it that much. Yeah. But they're not going – it appears as though unless an entire team or unless like one of the stars gets sick and it completely destroys the structure, uh, they're not going to be casting games. Next. No matter what. Um, so, Terry, Conor McGregor retires. It seems to be an annual tradition. <laughs> uh, but this got me thinking about uh, something as we saw – we saw him retire early. We saw George St. Pierre retire initially after a squabble with, about money with Dana White. We saw um, there was another fighter that ret- – oh, John Jones has allegedly retired as well. Are we heading to a place – Unofficial. 
I know, but it's leaning that way. Um, are we are we heading to a place where the fighters will force a union on UFC? So the thing is, is that there there oh, was nice. there was an <laughs> MMA a uh, mixed martial arts uh, association, and it fell through because the thing is, is these guys are all independent contractors. They're all independent contractors. They don't have they have contracts for seven fights. Eight fights, four fights, whatever it is. It's not like they're 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 locked down for eighty-two games into an organization that has franchises. There isn't any franchise. So for the UFC, these guys they can go anywhere they want. They have to buy themselves out of their. Where can they go, Terry? They can go to Bellator. They can go to PFL. They can go to Ryzen. Ryzen is in Japan. There's you can make crazy amounts of money over there, but it all depends on if they want you or not. Now the only thing with the UFC is that yeah, you want to be there. That is the place to be. It's like the NFL. You don't want to be in the CFL. It's the place to be. So the only thing is that the UFC holds so much power over who's in it, who gets a contract and who doesn't get a contract. Now, you have your three biggest moneymakers right now that are fighting for money. You have John Bones Jones, Connor, and you have uh, Masvidal. Masvidal has said, just sign a new deal. John Jones just signed a new deal and they're asking for more money. John Jones is asking for more money because he's going to be doing a super fight against Francis Ngannou who can probably murder him. Like I think we'll be realistic about that. So he's like, if I'm going to be risking myself against a guy who weighs 40 pounds more than me, I want more money. And like, whatever- it's, hard to say, it's hard to say that John Bones Jones, you know, it's hard to ever count him out just because of how great he's been. Exactly. But, but this is... There is Francis you know, Ngannou. If he, if he just gets struck well... The, the fight's over. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the Cameroonian nightmare. The guy will uh, legit. All he has to do is touch your face and you're done. And and that's the thing. Connor is like to the point where he's not getting the fight he wants. He wants to fight Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje is set to fight Khabib. Khabib can't fight until September. There's Fight Island in July. We don't know what's going on. And Connor's like, listen, if you're not going to give me the fight I want, I don't want to fight. So I'm going to say fuck yourself. But he's also doing this to force the UFC's hand. The UFC has also come out and said that they're not going to put Connor in a ring unless there's fans there. So because they'll lose like $18 million is what the, the rough estimate is. And so I understand that completely. But for Connor, he's a fighter. He wants to fight. And for him, he's trying to get all these guys to come after him. And I wrote an article about this. He's trying to get all these guys to come after him and fight. He wants Khabib. He wants Gaethje. He wants Usman. He wants Masvidal. He wants Diaz. He wants this. He wants that. He's, he's throwing out his blanket and nobody's really biting with the chirps. So for him, his the main reason why he likes to fight so much is the going back and forth, the press conferences, the traveling, uh, you know, getting in guys' faces, throwing water bottles at the Diaz brothers, like doing shit like that. And he can't do that because he's stuck at home quarantine so for him he's kind of lost all his energy and that's what it's come down to he's going to come back and fight connor's going to fight another three times in the ufc i'm not even there's no doubt in my mind that's going to happen duke i have a pressing question for you duke Call me. um <laughs> so much energy um i've noticed that you've been drinking beer during this episode yes uh in a remarkably small cup almost a sippy cup uh why are you drinking beer out of a sippy cup and why don't do you have adult glassware? Uh, the way it works in my house is I usually just use one glass the whole day. So if, okay. if it's multi coffee or water, beer, tea, I just kind of just wash it out. You wash it, okay? I, uh, yeah, I, I mean that's kind of disgusting. You just like keep coffee. mixing them in one after another. You start with <laughs> like, coffee, then there's water, and then it's or beer. juice, coffee. Like when you were yeah, a no. kid at a wedding, you know, you put all the drinks together. Yeah, no man, I just I'm, I'm, you still I'm, do that uh, now. 
I, yeah, I like I like using one glass, man. That's how it goes. This one just happens to look small because of my hands, but uh, I mean, but I've been watching it. It's like I was like, they make children's beer mugs. I didn't know that that was a thing. So congratulations. Did you say the the glass looks small because of your hands? Yeah, look, my hand covers it. Oh man, I feel bad for your dick. <laughs> <laughs> hey Um, you go making dick jokes. Okay, so Terry. You have a lot of information here. You actually, so let's pull back the curtain. I didn't have time to write the script today. You Is did. The odds? Okay, I'll, yeah. do it. I'll set it up. It. So I saw. I fell on this. I was looking at. I was looking at the, the other day, uh, today actually this morning. And I was looking at odds and to win the MVP in the NFL for 2020. They have Josh Allen, Jared Stidham, who is by default taking over the starting job for the New England Patriots, and Christian McCaffrey, who's coming off an MVP-like season. They have yeah. them all at plus 5,000 to win the MVP. How the hell do they have Christian McCaffrey and fucking Jared Stidham at the same amount? It doesn't so fucking make sense to me. It's because people overvalue uh, Bill Belichick. Because So I understand he's a great coach, yeah. but you're not a great coach if you don't have a great quarterback. We know this because he coached in Cleveland where he didn't have Tom Brady. And guess what? The Browns were the Browns. They were just a giant shithole. So congratulations, the Patriots, you're now the Browns. Okay, but what about Josh Allen? I, mean, I understand Josh Allen is a good player, but to, to be at the same level of Christian well, McCaffrey. Josh Allen, I feel like it's just opportunity. He gets to play yeah. the Jets and Dolphins twice, and he gets to play a team led by Jared Stidham twice. Yeah. So um, it's kind of like when, whenever I played fantasy, I would always pick the New England defense just because I knew I had six easy matchups. Well, and it's, it's paid off for the year's time. <laughs> I know I know that I know that shitting on Stidham is, is easy, but the guy has a bit of a, a tricky pass in college, and it doesn't help that his name doesn't really sound like a, like you know, it, it doesn't sound like Brady, right? Like it's, it doesn't roll it's, off the it's, tongue. It's, it, it, right, exactly. But if you look, if you consider Jared Stidham's career, right, he started off at Baylor, and because of Art Bryles, kind of fucked up the whole situ- situation. Had to transfer, goes to Auburn, uh, has a pretty decent uh, career there. You know, generally pretty good, but not great. But at the same time, like a large portion of his. Um, of his collegiate career happened in Baylor and didn't have, he didn't really have a chance, but he was actually pretty good in college. And uh, I, I think okay, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't see, obviously I don't see him being as great as Brady, but I just feel every time I hear people talk about Sidham, it's like, it's just so easy to pile on a guy just because he happens to be the next, like the next guy to Brady, that's taking over. No, but for it, Brady, but you know what, I mean? what I'm saying is, is this, is that we can't discount the fact that the Patriots had, Whatever you want. The best quarterback of all time, second best, third best. I don't give a fuck. The best of all time, yeah. One of the greatest of all time, however you rank them. But um, – and, and now they don't have that. I don't think that's even controversial to say that Jared Stidham is, we, as, as far as we know, not as good as Tom Brady. No, as far course, as we of know. Of course yeah. not. No, of, co- of course not. But, you know, you're, you're – I can understand – I can always – I can understand Bilicek's position too. Like, it's at a point where Brady's at like 41 – how was he? 41, 42 years old. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he had, he had a very good, he had a very good, his last season was, was pretty good. Maybe not as, as great as, as his previous seasons, but I mean, we, we have to be able to give a guy like Stidham a chance. Like, I mean, when Brady was drafted in, in the seventh round, we said nothing about him. We, we, we didn't even care about him. So, uh, I understand, I understand like that, you know, you got to give Brady that kind of money, no matter what, give him, just have him finish out that last year there, but Got to give a guy like Sidham a chance. Who knows what that can what, what that can happen? I, I also have a theory. I have a theory that because of all the Joe Montana, Tom Brady comparisons, <laughs> that Tom Brady did it just so he can 
he can try and outdo Joe Montana and be like, well, (laughs) when I went to Tampa Bay, I won a championship, Joe. What the hell did you do in Kansas City besides eat terrible barbecue? Speaking of Tampa Bay, I saw I saw a message today from J- James Winston saying how he thinks he's the best quarterback in the world. Well, I mean, to be honest, I had the most fun watching James Winston last season. Like sure. he was my favorite quarterback to watch because like the outcomes was awesome. Like he was at the 10-yard line and there was an equal chance that it was a 90-yard touchdown or a pick six. Those are the only two outcomes when he came on red zone. <laughs> it was the only two things that could possibly happen. So I love that. I love the wide range of outcomes. It was awesome. It made it made for an interesting watch. Uh, we had a rapid fire. Uh, not really. We kind of ran through two of them already, but I'll do one of them. Uh, UFC has announced finally Fight Island where it is. Nobody knew where it was going to be. It's in Abu Dhabi, which means it's closer to Khabib, which means it might be good for him. he might be able to fight. So the Fight Island is in the middle of the ocean, and it's near Abu Dhabi. That's all we know so far. And they're going to announce – throughout this week, they're going to be announcing more uh, details and things like that. So I'm excited. And also – Sorry, go ahead, please. I'm sorry. I just – I hate – I hate Zoom. Um, I, I, uh, I keep hearing Fight Island. And what I love about it is it reminds me of, like, the Street Fighter movie, the yeah. Mortal Kombat movie. It just reminds me of 90s action movies. They need Steven Seagal. They need Steven Seagal at this event, either fighting – Announcing on an airline, uh, carrying a ring card. I don't give a fuck. You need Steven Seagal in here. Yeah, for sure. Can you uh, go also, around arresting people? That'd be even better. I think he can. Like under siege, possible. like an under siege. He is siege. a sheriff, I think, right? Sheriff in, Lu- in Louisiana, yeah. yeah. But we're not going to see him on TV anymore. So that's yeah. a shame because yeah. Cops is canceled. That's, that's very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. No, Cops is, was understand. a great show. So Cops is a great show. I don't know how Paramount or Spike, whoever it's Paramount, I think canceled well, it i mean because why would... um I, I don't know if you want to be the pr agent for the police right now terry but i don't think you'll win that one that's another thing man i don't know why people are trying to defund just put steven police. seagal responsible for pr for police it's <laughs> gonna go. be fine everything's gonna if be there's okay. anything i learned from his movies he can string more than five words together without pulling the trigger that's not bad Sometimes. actually that, that's better than the average that's <laughs> exactly than... next oh okay we're continuing so uh something that you might actually like uh, Tyson Tyson Fury, the white Tyson, he is going to be fighting against Anthony Joshua. It's been announced, but not until uh, he beats Deontay Wilder for the third time. And so th- they're going to get the rubber match. Well, rubber match. They're going to get the third match. And then uh, Anthony Joshua is finally going to be able to face somebody of talent. <laughs> I, I remember watching uh, the last fight. And um, when when Joshua landed... What was very obviously to everyone except Tyson, uh, an obvious knockout punch. Yeah. And, and, and Tyson Fury just sort of shook it off. And it yeah. felt like when you're playing a video game and you're sure you have the boss beat, but he comes back with like a, another full bar of health. And you're like, fuck, Jesus. And you like whip your manette. You whip your controller. That's exactly what that was like. Uh, and, and it was in that moment where I was like, oh, no. Yeah, I know. There's, there's not a way that, that – there's not a way I could see – Joshua beating uh, Tyson Fury just no, because so. the thing the thing that Wilder the, the, the thing that Joshua does is is just have that ability to knock a dude out at any time and he can't do that. He's a he's a he's a pure boxer, Anthony Joshua, with uh, a sick uppercut. Uh, we saw him uh, knock out uh, Klitschko. Um, he's got a decent chin. Uh, we saw him beat Ortiz after he lost to Ortiz. Uh, I mean Ortiz, well, not Ortiz. Uh, sorry, uh, Ruiz. 
Uh, Ruiz came in a little bit fat in that game. He kind of looked like me. Um, but for the most part, I think Tyson Fury is the best fighter I've ever seen, really. He's up there. Honestly, it's, yeah. that, that last fight showed me the gap between the two. Yeah. Uh, so, honestly, he he's going to win. We're going to get the fight we want. Uh, I'm excited. Good. That's pretty much it. All right. Uh, thank you, Terry, for doing everything good this week. Guys, I've been awful. I'm sorry. I'll be better next week. Uh, we'll try to get some interviews as well. But tune in this week. We're going to talk to uh, our one of our friends who is deep into hockey. Terry, what's the blog he represents again? Uh, it's called uh, uh, wow, Beyond, really Beyond the Box Score. Beyond the Box Score. Beyond the Box Score. His name is Marco D'Amico. Really interesting guy. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of fun with him. Uh, we really try to irritate him as much as possible during the interview by asking very long-winded questions. Um, we love to alienate our guests. So, it might be the last time we ever hear from him. Thank you, Marco, for coming on with us. Uh, thank you, Eagle, for the work that you've done. And Duke, you're fairly sober. I appreciate that. Yeah, man, all, all yours. All yours today. And remember, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>